this morning. It was worth coming to this morning for what Katie shared and for the worship this morning. It always makes life easier for me when I get to preach. It's great. So you, if you leave discouraged this morning, I'm sorry. Uh, you're the problem. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. I mean, it's crazy to think now we're at the end of January. Like, the, this is like, it's February in like two days' time. And then February's 28 days, so that'll fly in. And then all of us will not be marched. Then it's crazy to think how quick time goes past, but I, I just love coming together on a Sunday, and I love being able to worship God with his people and being able to sing. I was reflecting this morning about how not too long ago we weren't able to sing in church, and the worship was just as powerful, but it was so poignant to be in silence, and just almost like the words that we sang meant more because we had to listen and read, but I'm so glad that we're able to Sing again. It's, it, it, it's made me realize that I sometimes took for granted being able to worship our God, and it's something that I'm never going to take for granted ever again. And I can honestly say with my hand in my heart, there is no place I would rather be than right here in this house on a Sunday morning. This is home. I was so happy with what Katie shared earlier about being a family. This is the family I choose. Like it, it's amazing to be part of this church. And if you've not been here for the last few weeks or if you've not connected, this year we're looking at as our theme verses, Isaiah 54, 2-3, which says in the version I'm going to read, it says, Enlarge the sight of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, do not hold back, lengthen your ropes, drive your stakes in deep. For you will spread out to the right and left, your descendants will dispossess the nations and inhabit the desolate cities. That's not my reading for today, but that's a verse that we believe as a church is just for us in this season. And so we want you to pray over it. We want you to really seek God for what that could mean for you. And this year we're looking to strengthen and stretch or stretch and strengthen. And I'm going to be continuing that this morning. We'll unpack it as the year goes. But we really believe that verse. I'll say it again. Isaiah 54 verses 2 and 3. But pray over it. Seek God for it and say, what could this mean for me? Because we believe that as we individually stretch and strengthen, then we as a church will strength and stretch because we believe that God wants to do something new and exciting in us and through us. I mean, even this year, what a great start we've had. We've had a baptismal service. We had Alan Ross last week. It's, it, it's been a significant start to the year and we're so excited about what God is going to do. But this morning I really felt God pressed in my heart to share from Genesis chapter 22 and we'll get to that in a moment but it features a man called Abraham. Now if you grew up in church or even if you didn't you may have heard of Abraham but there used to be a song which I'm going to make a confession right now. I'd never heard this song till I was 20 years old um, but the song goes Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham and I am one of them and so are you. Now let's all praise the Lord. Now, I'll be honest, I heard this at a conference where the preacher done similar to what I just done, and I was sitting there like, I have never heard this song in my entire life. And to be honest, I heard the song, and this might not be very popular if you loved this song growing up in church, but I didn't like it. So I was like, in that moment, I was thankful for the kids' workers who taught me better songs than that, because they taught me, Jesus, you're my superhero. And we sang songs like, One Way... And, uh, and I'm thankful for the songs and it just made me think I'm so thankful for the kids workers 
who invested in my life at a young age, who taught me songs that glorified the name of Jesus, who taught me the Bible stories, and they taught me lessons that I've carried with me. I'm nearly, I'm 30 years old this year, not yet, but I will be some point. And I've carried these things with me from a child all the way through. And I just want to take a moment just to honor and thank the kids workers who invested into me, but also to encourage our current kids workers who invest in our kids every single week, who teach them better songs than Father Abraham and many, many, who, like, not that there's anything wrong with that song, but I just think, you know, the, the, the impact that they had, like, I don't know what they thought of me when I was a kid, I don't know what they ever thought I'd become, but the reality is, I wouldn't be who I am today if it hadn't been for the investment and the prayers of our kids workers and our youth workers, and so I just want to encourage every one of them, and I just want to say thank you to those who have. Yeah, please do. So please pray for our... Yeah, that wasn't really anything to do with the preacher. I just wanted to say, please pray for our kids' workers, encourage them, because the reality is they have an incredible opportunity to invest in the life of future leaders and church life in our country and our nation. And I'm just thankful for those who prayed over me and so many of the people that I know feel the same. But I want to provide some context now about Abraham, because I do want to speak about Abraham. But Abraham is this guy in the Bible who... God made him a promise that his descendants would be numerous. They couldn't even count how many his descendants would be. And the only problem with that for Abraham is he had never actually had a son or a child. So therefore, it's hard to have descendants if you have no offspring. And God made him this promise when he was, I don't know what age he was, but we'll presume he was a young man. Because days went past and weeks went past and months went past years went and decades went past and Abraham still hadn't received some offspring and so this promise that God gave him took decades and decades and then eventually Abraham and Sarah who was his wife Sarah conceives a son and they name him Isaac now the miracle here isn't just that it happened but actually it happened at a point where it was impossible really for Abraham and Sarah to conceive a child like it couldn't have happened without God so they have this son this dream that Abraham had to have this son and then he comes to Genesis chapter 22 and I just want to read not quite the full chapter I'm going to stop just before it ends but Abraham finds him in this moment of stretching and strengthening where his whole life has been building up to this moment it feels and we're going to pick up in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 22 but it says sometime later God tested Abraham's faith Abraham God called yes he replied here I am take your son your only son yes Isaac whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? 
God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yaira, or Jaira, means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord again called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your sons, your only son. I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Like the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. Then he returned to the servants and traveled back to Beersheba, where Abraham continued to live. Sorry, that was quite a long. Read it. But you see, this was Abraham's stretching and strengthening moment. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm not a father, but I'm like, I can't even begin to imagine what was going through Abraham's mind. How does it make sense that, God, you made me this promise, then you've delivered on the promise, and now you're asking me to kill the promise that you promised? Like, and I, from a human perspective, it makes no sense. And you see, the thing I note, first of all here, is that the, the, the challenge and the stretching and strengthening of Abraham has here is that nobody else can stretch and strengthen Abraham. This was his test. Nobody could pass the test for him. People could help him carry the stuff, but in the, the crux of the moment, this was his choice. And I feel like the question remains today for us is that nobody can stretch and strengthen me other than me, they can certainly try, but they can't. I remember when I used to go to school, it was like, I can't set the exam for you. <laughs> like, my teachers could help me, my parents could support me, but the reality is I had to sit and do the exam. And unless I was willing to stretch myself and study, which Lindsay was much better than me at, which is why she'd done better at school, what happened was that I failed. And so nobody can actually strengthen and stretch. And it's the same in the spiritual and church life. Like, we can teach, we can provide, but we have to make a choice. Am I willing to be stretched? And am I willing to be strengthened? I can't even begin to imagine how Abraham must have felt. I mean, how could it be? I mean, if you're a parent, imagine you've been asked to do this and then your child asks you, well, who's the sacrifice going to be? Knowing full well that they're it. And you have to answer them with a confidence. This was stretching them beyond anything I could possibly imagine. But you see, the test... Abraham was able to pass this test because he'd made a decision to be stretched and strengthened throughout his life. He didn't just wake up one day and God decided him to do this. I encourage you, if you haven't been, you need to go back to the start, but you should read the life of Abraham. His whole life was about being stretched and strengthened and he made mistakes and he got the things right, but through it all, God was stretching him and stretching him and strengthening him so that it could come to this point where God's saying, am I first? 
or is the thing that I've given you first? And the Bible verse that I read ends with, all of descendants will be blessed through you. And the reason for that is because if you trace it all the way back, Jesus came from Abraham. If you look back in the descendants, and thankfully we're all blessed because of Jesus. But I beg the question this morning, are we willing to make the choice to be stretched and strengthened, even if it means costing us everything that is so dear to us? I'm thankful that he isn't asking us to sacrifice the same way he asked Abraham to, but when the chips are down, when everything is in place, God asks the same question, are you willing to give everything to me? He's looking into our hearts this morning. So my question is, what are some of the things that would distract us from passing our tent? What are some of the things that would hold us back from making a choice to stretch and to strengthen? The thing is about stretching and strengthening is it's exciting sometimes, but other times it's really painful. And it can be uncomfortable for you, but I invite you to make that choice for yourself. Prayerfully consider this year as we look to strengthen and stretching as a church, am I willing to surrender to what God calls me to do? Because I can't make that decision for you. Pastor Jim can't make that decision for you. It's between you and your God. But the reality is, whenever we surrender to him, the, the end result is always better than what it is right now. It's always better than the pain. It's always diff- better than the difficulties. But you won't know that until we choose to stretch and to strengthen. The second thing I know in this is that Abraham saw the place in front of him. You see, there's people who are far more qualified to talk about this than I am. Way more qualified, to be honest. In fact, Zara, I'm not picking on you, but Zara knows more about like fitness and exercise and everything like that and stretching and things like that. But you can't stretch smaller. Like whenever you stretch something, it has to expand. I've never seen anything being stretched and it gets smaller. Maybe I'm wrong, but people can correct me. But anytime I stretch for something, I'm always extending. It's always trying to be more when I stretch a muscle, when I stretch an elastic band, it always gets bigger than what it was before. You see, Abraham saw the place in front and he had to reach out for that place. Whenever you strengthen a muscle, it gets bigger as well. You see, the truth is that because Abraham reached out for what was in front of him, we now sing songs like Father Abraham had many. Like We sing songs about Abraham because he made a decision to expand himself. He made the decision that I am going to make, an ex- I'm going to make a choice to get bigger. You see, God has not designed us to move backwards. He's not designed for you to shrink back at all, but he's designed for us to go forward and to advance. He's designed for his church to expand and to grow, and he's going to do that with or without you. The church will continue to advance with or without you, but I don't want to miss out on what God has for my life. I know I've told you before, but I'll tell you again, about the time Sean and I decided to run a half marathon, I'll be honest, I did not strengthen, I did not stretch, I did not prepare at all. To be honest, by the grace of God, I didn't do serious damage to my body. Because by the end of it, I was in pain. I was, I'll be honest, I don't know if I was going to make it, because my body was like, I was done in. I thought, I am never, if I had hit the ground, I was not getting back up. I would probably still be lying there. I'm not joking. The pain my body was in was awful. Why? Because I didn't stretch, and I didn't strengthen. And, then, and to be honest, 
I wasn't very happy either. I've told you before, the people would say you're nearly there. And if you've never run a half marathon, it's 13.1 miles. When you're on mile five and they give a water station saying you're nearly there, when you know in your head, I'm not even halfway there yet. Like I'm not, ne- I'm closer to the start line than I am the finish. I was not, I did not have a good attitude towards these people. I was like, shut up. <laughs> and uh, forgive me, but I was not happy. The, the, like the fruit of the spirit was not within me in those moments. And actually, I was thinking about it this morning, and as we expand and as we stretch, and if we choose not to, sometimes challenges will come, and it will make us have bad attitudes, or it will cause us pain that we could have avoided if we just chose to reach out and make the decision to strengthen and stretch in each season. You see, stretching and strengthening, I believe, can be found in every single day. When we're at work, in those situations that annoy us, we can either choose to react like we've always reacted or to give in or we can choose to stretch and to strengthen and to choose a different attitude when our kid we're trying to raise kids I'm not a parent but like whenever you're trying to raise your children there'll be sometimes when they're great and sometimes when they're less great and in those moments when they're less great it's an opportunity to stretch and to strengthen I can apply it to so many different scenarios but every single day we can look for opportunities to stretch and to strengthen so that we can become bigger people becoming more like what Jesus calls us to be. The Bible talks about how God's changing us from one degree of glory to another. What's that doing? It's stretching and strengthening us. And so we can look, I dare you to look for opportunities to be stretched, to look for opportunities to be strengthened each and every single day. I mean, that half marathon, I'm glad I've done it. But the problem with it was I went and done that and then done nothing about it. So that could have been a starting point for me to really get strengthened and stretched and sadly I didn't. I missed that opportunity but if I ever do it again I'll make sure I've learned a lesson to not mess that up again. And if I ever do, I mean I would like to run a marathon one day, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. But that's my, my dreams. But I know that next time because I've learned the lessons I'm going to choose to strengthen and stretch accordingly in order that I can do it faster, better and healthier than before. So what are some, my question for you, and I can't answer this for you, is what are some things in your life that you can put in place to be stretched and strengthened each day, to become more like Jesus, to become a better parent, to become a better colleague, to become a better friend? I don't know. It might start with asking someone who's really good at it and getting alongside them and saying, can you help me here? Because we're a family and we all want to support one another. But the reality is it was out in front of Abraham and God's a moving forward God. And this year we're believing as a church that we're going to move forward. We're going to move forward and we're going to do things we've never done before. We're going to see more people coming to faith in Jesus than we've ever seen before. We're going to have more baptism. We're going to have more people involved. Why? Because we're moving forward. And part of that is being stretched and strengthened. And we'd love for you to be a part of what's going on. And the third thing I know about Abraham here is that nobody could stretch and strengthen for him they could help him they could equip him but he had to make that choice for himself it got to the point where he had to move out in front of him he had to expand and move forward but the third and I guess the final thing is that he had to move from a realm of faith into a realm of trust you see I was thinking about this and please hear the heart of what I'm saying but I think sometimes faith can be really easy and trust can be really difficult and the reason I say that is because it can be easy for me to have faith that God can heal someone else 
but it's a lot more difficult for me to trust him to provide for me. You see, it's easy to have faith to believe for a miracle for someone else, but actually trusting him with my kids or with my finances or with, that can be a lot more difficult. You see, Abraham, I'm sure, having said I'm not a pain, I'm sure that Abraham in his head was wrestling this whole time. Like, God, surely you're not actually going to ask me to do this. Surely. Uh, you know what, we, we, I don't know if you're like me, but I wrestle with God, not verbally, but like in my spirit and in my mind. I'm like, God, really? Really? I'm struggling with this, God. And I'm sure he was going back and forth, back and forth with God. But he had a trust that, you know what, God? Even if it means that I have to sacrifice Isaac, your promise to me was still this, and you've always been faithful to me. And so therefore he moved from this realm of faith in God to trust in God, which is so much deeper than faith. And I'm not saying, because the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Because we need faith and trust. They go hand in hand. But there are some times when my trust has to expand beyond where my faith level is at. There was a man who named Charles Blondin. You may have heard this story. You may haven't heard this story. But I want you to picture for a moment, if, if, has anyone, I'm going to ask for a show of hands, has anyone ever been to Niagara Falls? Oh, a few people. I haven't been to Niagara Falls, so I have no idea what it's like. I've seen it on the, the, the movies and the TV show. But I want, if you've been to Niagara Falls, and if you haven't, you'll just have to use your imagination. But I want you to imagine like a quarter of a mile stretch of rope that goes from one end to the other. And then I want you to picture like the thundering sound. If you've ever seen a waterfall, imagine that multiplied by like a million because it's a huge waterfall. Like the sound you can't hear properly because it's so loud. I want you to picture water like dropping so you can't even hear the person next to you because the, the noise is so loud from the water falling. And then there's this guy called Charles Blondin who, to be honest, was, I don't think I'd be his friend because he's a bit too crazy for me. But what he would do is he would get this rope that would, I don't even know how you would tie a rope all the way across it, but hey-ho. But one summer in 1859, which was way before I was born, he walked 160 feet above the falls, several times back and forth between Canada and the United States, as huge crowds would gather to watch. Once he crossed on a sack, which to me, I mean, I can't even do that. Like, normally I'd fall over when I was at school trying to do the the sack race, but one time he crossed on stilts, never used stilts, but I don't think I would be good at that either. Another time on a bicycle, so maybe Jack could do that, I'm not sure. Once he even carried a stove and cooked an omelette. I don't even, like across a rope, we're not even talking like a plant or a, like a rope. I'm assuming it must have been a fairly, I mean it was big enough for a bike, but who, but still it's a rope <laughs> with no harness or nothing. I mean, I don't even know how you know you can do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, but he was just so bold, but in July, 15th, he walked backwards across the tightrope to Canada, pushing a wheelbarrow. And then he asked everyone in the crowd, do you believe that I can carry a person across the wheelbarrow? Of course the crowd cried yes. Everyone believed, everyone had the faith that he could do it. But then he asked, well, who's going to get in the wheelbarrow? And of course, someone did, they fell up, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody did it. Why? Because though they had faith he could do it, nobody had the trust enough to get in the wheelbarrow. I mean, he did eventually apparently take his manager on his back while cooking a stove across, but nobody was brave enough to get in the wheelbarrow because they had the faith, but they didn't have 
the trust. And I just believe that sometimes in life it can be easy to have the faith that God's going to do this, but trust in him to strengthen and stretch the trust that Abraham must have had in that moment. And God saw right into Abraham's heart. And because of Abraham, because of his obedience and his surrender, his lineage, we tie, all of us could probably be tied back to Father Abraham because he made a decision. I'm going to trust. Even when my faith's a bit, bit, bit shaky, I'm still going to trust. And the Bible recalls in Hebrews that it was counted righteous towards him because of this story in Genesis 22. And just as a close, the the team can come back up. Uh, I just, I was challenged in one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible, and then I'm going to pray. Is there's a point with these three guys called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they just refuse to, similar to Abraham, they have their own stretching and strengthening moment where they're in captivity and they're told you have to worship this king, you've got to worship this thing that's not God. And these three young Christians, these young men of God decided, you know what, we're not going to do it. And the punishment was to go in a fiery furnace and many of us will know the story and it inspired the song Another in the Fire that we sing sometimes, but they just decided we're not going to do it. And they see this incredible verse which says, you know, we believe that our God, we have the faith to believe that our God can save us from your fiery furnace. And then they say the most profound verse that I've probably, I mean, there's loads of profound verses in the Bible. But then they say this, but see, even if he doesn't, we're still not gonna surrender to anything that's not him. And for me, that's a, a challenge verse for me in my life that I can get to a place where my trust in God is so complete where I say, do you know what, God, even if everything falls apart, even if I lose everything to the point in my life, do you know what, I'm still going to put you first. God, stretch me and strengthen me for your glory in order that people might know you. Because in the stretching and strengthening moment for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we, we, we see that there's another in the fire, there's four in the fire, because God was right there with them. And they get brought out and then everyone in the nation, the king decrees that we're all going to worship their God because he's the one true God. So my challenge for you this morning as we look to stretch and strengthen this year is are you willing to be stretched and strengthened? Are you willing to reach out and expand beyond where we are now? And are you willing to come on this journey with us as we try and move not just in faith, but also in trust in our God for us every single day, that he might get the glory and that his kingdom may come here. I'm going to pray for us all. God, I thank you for every person here. I pray, God, that you help us each day to surrender ourselves to you. God, I pray that we'll make a commitment to be stretched and strengthened this year for your glory. Father God, help us to pass every test that comes our way. Help us to move forward and Father God, just help us to trust in the name that can be trusted. Father God, we give Jesus all of the glory and all of the honor. Amen.